Welcome to the LHA Church Podcast. This is Jerry Galloway, and I'm the pastor of LHA Church. Thanks for joining us today. I pray this blesses you, strengthens your faith to know that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, this morning we're going to spend uh, our time together, Mark chapter 9. If you want to turn there with me, we're going to work our way there in a few minutes. I shared with you last Sunday that we were going to, at the beginning of the year, we were going to do something we've not done before. We are going to uh, enter into a, tw- a period of 21 days of prayer and fasting uh, as a congregation, and I mentioned to you that we would begin that starting tomorrow. We'd let everybody get through the holidays and through all of the, I don't know if y'all did, but I ate way too much of that stuff I shouldn't have eaten. I'm probably going to need the fasting to get rid of all that stuff. But since we've got through the busyness of the holidays and life is beginning to settle back into normality a little bit, we are going to begin tomorrow. And so today, really what I want to do today, it's going to be today and next Sunday, going to be sharing with you in the directions of prayer and fasting. And when you leave this morning, uh, there are some packets that we've put together Uh, for each person, not just to a family, but for each person. I want to encourage you, uh, there'll be individuals at the doors when you leave today. Be sure that you get one of these packets. There's information in there. Some of it we're going to touch on today. Some of it we're going to be touching on next week, like what are the different types of fast? Uh, What is fasting all about? Maybe for you that's a concept that's new. And you know, Fasting right now is a popular thing in the health culture, Uh, intermittent fasting a lot of people are doing, and they're doing it to lose weight, they're doing it to maybe join in with some uh, New Year resolutions. As we're doing prayer and fasting, it didn't have anything about New Year's resolutions, it doesn't have anything to do uh, about health and fitness, it has to do about spiritual fitness. How many of you know God has some things He wants to do in our lives, Amen. And so we want to encourage you to join with us on that fast. There's a lot of information there. Some of it you're going to touch on this week as you began. Uh, There's even a a part on the very back about the Daniel fast, an incredible uh, fast that you can do and engaging in. Um, And so I want to encourage you to be sure to get that packet. Like I said, we're going to share on some of those things today. The bulk on the fasting we're going to be looking at next week. Today we just... We really, as I was in preparation, felt like we needed to take some time and lay some foundation for why uh, we're going to be doing this and just kind of the launching of that. And, uh, you know, one of the things the Lord has been speaking to my heart about for this year is for this year to be a year of spiritual growth and uh, for us to come to a place of becoming spiritually healthy. You know, all the focus right now is on about getting physically healthy, and I'm, I'm all for that. That's great. That's wonderful. But the Bible tells us that bodily health does us good for a little season, but spiritual health has the greatest benefit and the greatest reward because you could do bodily health and it'll last for a little while, but spiritual health will last for all eternity. Can you say amen? And so the Lord has been sharing some things on my heart in relationship to that. I believe there's some incredible things that God wants to do in all of us, beginning at the pulpit and working all the way to the back doors of this building. You know, coupled with the 
the things that the Lord has been speaking to my heart about for the year. He began speaking to my heart about prayer and fasting and beginning the new year together doing that. I believe the spiritual places that God wants to take us as a congregation and as a church and some of the things He wants to do in us individually will not come about, will not take place unless we give ourselves to a season of prayer and fasting. And the, the really incredible thing, good morning, Corbin. It's good to see you, buddy. Good morning, buddy. Good morning. I love you. I love you too, buddy. I like those unplanned wonderful moments. That is the sweetest little boy. Every Sunday, one of the high points of Sunday is I get a hug and a kiss from Corbin every Sunday. You know, as we as we are walking in this time, we are literally joining with thousands of churches around the world that the beginning of the year are starting with a season of prayer and fasting. And you know, when, when we talk often about the church world, there, there are so many things that, you know, we say, well, it, things that divide us. You know, we got this denomination, we got that denomination, and this belief and that belief. But one of the things I'm probably most encouraged about is the unity of these first steps of the church where we're all coming together and, and we're praying and we're fasting. And there's, there's something that God has been stirring in my heart and my spirit this year, and I believe that what we're talking about is laying the foundation. This is laying a foundation for that work that God can do. How many of you would say with me today, we need God in our services? Amen. We need God at work in our church. One of the areas of outreach that is coming this year is we're going to begin live streaming our services so that those who can't be here will be able to, to watch and people literally around the world will be able to watch as we're in the presence of God. And the truth is if, if, if those messages and those services are going to go out, we need them to be filled with God's presence. We need them to be filled with God's power so that lives will be touched and changed. And as we're praying and fasting, Really what we're saying in that process is, is not this is a, a New Year's resolution, but really what we're saying is, God, we need you. We need you in our lives. We need you in our church. And as we're joining together with other churches in prayer and fasting, there is a dark spiritual power that is at work in our world today. And the best thing that can happen for America uh, you know, right now, everybody's attention is on the news, and, and we're watching the newscast to see what's happening in the Middle East, and we're, we're watching, and we're kind of sitting on the edge of our chair wondering what's going on, and we're thinking, well, here's what America needs to do, and here's what our leaders need to do, but I would de declare to you today, the best thing that can happen for America today is not what will come out of Washington, but what will come out of every church, on every street corner, across every Every community, across every state, all across this nation, the best thing we can do is for the church to begin to pray. There's a dark spiritual force at work in our world today. 
But the good news is that dark spiritual force has to bow its knee when God begins to work. What seems like the enemy has the upper hand. Can I tell you today, the enemy never, never has the upper hand on God. They are not equals. He is always God. He is always Lord. He is always King. It's not like like God and the devil are equal uh, powers fighting one. I would remind you, God is not created. He's the creator. And the devil is a created one. He takes a back seat to God every single time. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is not behind the times. The church of Jesus Christ is full of the power of God. And the enemy has to take a back seat to God's people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, some of the things that happen in our spiritual lives, some of the uh, growth, some of the progressions that we make, will only come about as a result of fasting. It could be freedom from an area of bondage. It could be an area of our life we need a miracle. And in those times, we come to place, you know, with prayer and fasting where we say, God, I'd rather have you and you working in my situation than food in my stomach. I'd rather go without the physical so I could see a breakthrough in the spirit. There's a connection that happens when we not only pray, but when we couple our prayers with fasting. Probably one of the greatest examples of this is the passage I shared with you a moment ago, Mark chapter 9. Look there with me, if you will. Mark chapter 9, verses 28 and 29. The story here, here's what we find. Jesus is healing a boy that is possessed by an impure spirit. This father, out of concern for his son and watching the enemy, this guy is, is like all of us. There have been times in our lives, all of us have, have watched the enemy trying to work uh, in the lives of our kids. And as parents, we get so concerned in, in our prayers, God, do your work in the lives of our kids. And that's really what this man's doing. And so he brings his son to the disciples and says, hey, my son uh, is possessed by the enemy and, and he is destroying his life. Can you set him free? And the, the story, what we find here in the story is the disciples could not do it. So there's a bit of frustration. Hmm. Man, there's a bit of frustration in the world because of what the disciples couldn't accomplish. And I wonder today how much frustration there is in the world today because the church is not being who the church was created to be. So we find this story, and here's where we pick up with this passage, and Jesus responds. I'm, I'm glad Jesus gets in the middle of it all. Jesus gets in the middle of our lives. Jesus gets in the middle of this situation and so Jesus comes in, casts the devil out, the boy is set free, set in his right mind, everything's put in order, and, and, and you've got to kind of get the picture here. I don't know if you like to paint pictures, but I, not, not in the natural, but in my mind, you wouldn't like it if I painted a picture. But I paint pictures in my mind where I can see what's going on, and it's kind of like, the disciples are kind of like, oh, why couldn't we do that? Coupled with that, they're probably, let's be honest, we're a little embarrassed. 
I'm a disciple. I'm supposed to be somebody big. I'm Jesus' right-hand man. And I couldn't do that. And Jesus walks in. And actually, you need to read the whole story later because actually Jesus kind of scolds the disciples in the process. So not only are you embarrassed because you can't do it, then Jesus walks in and scolds you. How many of y'all know everybody's feeling really good about their faith right now? And so Jesus does it set free. And so they leave the place, uh, the disciples with their tails dragging behind them. And they get to this place, and that's where we find verse 28. When they had come into the house, the disciples noticed this. The disciples asked him privately. We're asking privately because we don't want to be embarrassed again publicly. We're ashamed of what's happened. So they asked him privately, why couldn't we cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can only come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. The New King James Version adds fasting. You'll find some of the other translations when they made the translation, they left the word fasting out. The New King James Version says prayer and fasting. What he's saying to them is this one was a little more entrenched. This one's a little deeper. This one had a stronghold more than what others have had. Actually, what he's saying to the disciples, if you want to see ones like this set free, you've got to connect fasting along with your prayers. How many of us as parents, how many of us as husbands and wives have been seeing things and we've been praying and we've been saying, God, we need a breakthrough and we've not seen it yet. Maybe you're facing a situation that's entrenched a little bit deeper than what some other situations are. And it may be a season that God is saying, you need to couple fasting with your prayers. The reality is today, the church needs to be able to take on issues. The church needs to be able to face situations that have these kinds of strongholds. Because I would say to you today, if the church doesn't, how will people ever be set free? How will tormenting spirits be cursed in a person's life? This is what the presence of the church is. In the world is all about. Jesus said you're like a city set on a hill. You can't hide the church in the world. I think we may be asking where in the world today is the church. We've lost our influence in the world. Yes, I know the world's gotten more evil. That has nothing to do with the light. The light still shines no matter how dark the darkness. Light always, say always. always. Light always dispels the darkness. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. We need to enter into a place of spiritual power because the enemy's hold has been on so many people's lives for so many years. And they need to experience freedom in Jesus' name. Spirits of addiction are holding many in bondage. Addictions to alcohol, addictions to pornography. You would be blown away if you saw some of the statistics that have been taken across the United States that says, listen to me, the majority, statistics declare the majority of men 
in the United States church engage in pornography on a regular basis. You would be more amazed because it's not uncommon to say, well, men are, are tempted with pornography. You would be amazed. Actually, the figures have climbed higher with women than they have men. That's the reality of the world we're living in today. People are addicted. There are spiritual addictions that are happening. They are addicted to pornography and sexual sins. People are addicted to drugs. And I'm not just talking about pot and marijuana. I'm talking about prescription drugs where people can't get off of them. Somehow it seems better. I'm not on pot, but I'm on this thing. People who are harassed in their minds, people who are harassed in their lives, the enemy has locked up many. And the power for freedom only comes sometimes when we couple fasting with our prayers. You see, when we fast, God doesn't get any stronger. The church gets stronger when we fast. The same power was available in this story in Mark chapter 9 all along. But the disciples had not started walking in the power that was available to them. Friends, I declare to you today, the very same power is available for us in 2020. We need to start once again walking in the power and the presence of Jesus in our world today. As a church... And as believers, we need to get a better connection with the power that's available. You know, you can take sometimes, uh, if you've got a, an older vehicle, sometimes, you know, you've got a battery in there and you say, I know the battery's good, but you're trying to start the car and it just won't start. You get in, it's a cold morning and, you know, you have a, you're running, uh, it, your battery's always low when you're running late. It's never when you've got an extra 30 minutes. You run out, and it's click, 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 and you, oh, and you put up the hood, and you look at the battery, and the battery, you know, is not the old, but there's corrosion around the connections. So what happens is we, we take those connections off, and we clean them, and then we put them back on, and, and all we've done by doing that is we've made a clear path for the power to flow from where it was to where it needed to be. We need a clearer path for the power of God to flow from where it is on the throne of God to where it needs to be in the church and in our lives. That's what fasting does when it's coupled with prayer. It opens up the connection to the power of God that is available. And as we spend the next 21 days in prayer, and, and I, I probably, uh, this thought keeps coming to mind, so I might as well just get it out. You know, when you look at that packet, there's all kinds of prayer. Because some of y'all are sitting there and you're going, dear Jesus, how am I going to make it for 21 days and not eat? Some of y'all, fear has already, and you went, oh, I will die. I will literally die. When my stomach starts hurting, I'm going to die. Listen, there's all kinds of fasts we can do. There may be some of you, God may call you to do a complete fast where you just drink water. There's some of you that may do a partial fast. Some of you may do a Daniel fast. Some of you, because of physical restrictions, because uh, of medications you're on, or because of physical conditions, you are unable, you're not able to fast as others can. I just want to encourage you, do what you can. Do what you can to take some steps. 
So when we're spending the next 21 days in prayer, what we're asking is for God to accomplish his work in our church in this coming year. It's about sowing and reaping. We're going to spend some time at the beginning of the year sowing so that we can reap throughout the remainder of the year. It's the law of first fruits. We're giving to God at the beginning of the year knowing that blessing is going to come afterwards. Matthew chapter 6. Verse 33, but says, but seek, what's the word? First. But seek first the kingdom of God's righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek first. Make the first thing, the priority, the number one thing. There are things that God is going to do this year, but I believe it will come as we seek him first. We're going to launch this year with prayer, and I'm going to be sharing this year, actually several series throughout the year on spiritual health. And, and one of those series is going to be uh, a series on prayer. Because I, I tell you today, friends, you and I cannot be spiritually healthy if we're not praying. We are often spiritually anemic because we're not praying. Praying is not just about a religious duty. You know, we see... We see all of these false religions around the world, and they tell people, you know, you need to bow down and pray so many times a day. You need to, you need to do this. And it's all about works and earning. That's not what prayer is about. Prayer is about a communication in a relationship with the Almighty God. And so if you and I are not in communication, if we're not in relationship with the Almighty God, we're going to be spiritually anemic. So we're going to be walking through that, but, and, and so our emphasis is on prayer and fasting. But before we get into the area of fasting and its power in our lives, I felt like there were some things that I needed to share with you in regard to prayer. Because, listen, fasting is not to be separated from prayer. If you're fasting and not praying, you're dieting. It's true. It's true. It's to be coupled together with prayer. It's, it's kind of like the hand and the glove. The two go together. So let's take some time this morning. I want to just, I realistically want to talk to you about just some down-to-earth things in regard to prayer. Now, prayer is probably, there's probably no greater area that people feel intimidated in than prayer. There's a lack of understanding this, this probably relates to, to most of us. There's a lack of confidence in regard to this issue of prayer. Many feel, I don't know how to do this thing. You see it many times when you've got a, a group of people, maybe it's a small group or a small setting, and, and you ask somebody to pray. When you do, you see the blood begin to drain. Immediately they get, they get fidgety in the seat and and they get nervous, and their palms start to sweat, and their heart rate goes up, and their blood pressure uh, begins to change. Oh, no, I, I'm going to have to pray out loud. There's a feeling of never enough. Now, prayer, what is prayer? Prayer is a communication process that allows you and I to talk to God. He speaks, and we speak. It's not all about you talking and me talking, it's about him talking and us responding. 
It's a back and forth relationship. And that happens internally and externally. There are times that I talk to God and, and nobody hears me because I'm just, man, in my spirit, I'm just, Lord, I need you today. I need you to be at work. And my mouth's not moving, but my heart is praying and my spirit's praying. And then there are other times when I'm praying out loud. I'm in the car. Sometimes uh, there's, a, there's a, a, a trail that Paul and I walk at on, the, on the far side of Upland. And we like to walk on that. And there's some days when, you know, it's Paul and I. And then there's some days when it's just me. And, and I'm walking along the path. And I'm just talking to God. And I'm like, man, if anybody is in the bushes on the side. <laughs> and they're thinking about attacking me. They're probably not going to attack me. Because they're going to go, man, that guy's crazy. He's talking to himself. We don't want to touch him. And I'm just, you know, go along, and I'm just talking to God. You know, there's times I'm talking internally. There's times I'm talking externally to God. I'm verbalizing out loud as I talk to him. Ralph Martin said this, prayer is paying attention to God. It's giving time to be with God and connecting with God. Now, prayer, prayer is one of those things that is central. It's a central theme throughout the Bible. When you look at the Bible, you look at who prayed, you look at how they prayed, they really become great examples for you and I because you see people in the Word of God that are, are examples and are mobbed for us to model after, and they're praying, which teaches us you and I ought to be people of prayer. We find Abraham in the Old Testament. He's praying for God to intervene in his nephew Lot's life. How many of you have ever prayed for your family? You know, often I hear people say, oh, well, you know, if people don't want God, you don't need to pray for them. Leave that to God. That's not what we find. He's praying, Abraham's praying, praying for Lot that he's not destroyed. We find Moses, the man of God, is praying as he's leading the Israelites out of the land of bondage. He's in prayer with God. And the Bible says that Moses is in the presence of God in such a powerful way. He comes down from the presence of God and his face is glowing with the residual of God's presence. Would to God that the church begin to glow with the presence of God. That when people see us, the thing they say about us as they did the disciples, these people have been with Jesus. We find throughout the Bible the priest in the Old Testament, Leviticus 16, are praying on the Day of Atonement. Other great spiritual leaders like Joshua who took over Moses' position, he prayed. Samuel prayed. 1 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 23 says, As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. And I will teach you the way that is good and right. The writer of many of the Psalms, the man we know as David, so many. If you've not read through the Psalms, and I want to encourage you, we did, we, one of the things that we did not have available for you today is our reading plans like we normally do. We got busy through the holidays and went, oh, we forgot. So we'll be getting some reading plans for you. If you're not in one, I encourage you to join one. But one of the things you'll find when you read through the Psalms the Psalms, if you say, I can't relate to anything in the Bible, you need to read the Psalms. You'll find days where David is angry. He's frustrated. He's angry and he's like, God, smite all my enemies. Crush them with your mighty hand. God, wipe out my enemies. Anybody ever felt like that? You ever felt that about the people living in your house? God, just take them out. They're creating me misery. Get me out of my misery. 
You know, in there, so many of the Psalms are prayers as David is talking to God. Daniel, his prayer life is so strong, it is so consistent that when they're looking for an area, and his enemies are going, how can we frame Daniel? How can we set Daniel up? And they say, man, everything he does everything right. I mean, he is one of these guys, seems to really have, where can we get him? And one of the guys says, the only area we can get him in is the thing he's most known for, and that is prayer. All the times of the day when he would pray. And so they had to, they had to set a trap in regard because of his prayer life. Jesus, probably our most, our, our greatest example, was known for prayer. When you read through the Gospels, you will consistently see Jesus in prayer. One of my favorite passages comes from Luke 5 and 16. It says, but Jesus often, somebody say often. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus often, there's some real key words there. The word often, the word withdrew, and the word pray. Jesus often withdrew so that he could pray. He was praying alone. We find him in the scriptures praying on the mountainside. We find him praying on the mountaintop. He's praying with his disciples. They're there with him in the garden. One of the things that we find the disciples are wanting to know, you know, they're walking with Jesus. They're seeing Jesus open blind eyes. They're seeing Jesus do all these things. I don't remember a scripture that ever says, Lord, teach us to heal people. But one thing that comes to light is they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Help us. Help us, Lord, to begin to pray. Luke chapter 11, verse 1, one day when Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Really what the disciples were saying is we need to get better at this. I've never met a believer anywhere that didn't feel that way. Like that their prayer life couldn't grow more. Like I need to learn more about this. We need to get this thing down is what they're saying. I I wonder how many believers are here and you'd say, Lord, teach me to pray. God, I want to be better at praying. I want to grow in praying. I want to have a relationship. God, I'm tired of the struggle. I'm tired of a never feeling enough. I'm tired of the never good enough, never doing enough. God, teach me to pray. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17 Paul said this, pray continually. Really what he's saying is that our lives would live in a spirit of prayer and conversation with God. Listen to this. Samuel Chadwick once said, the one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies. He fears nothing from prayerless work. And he doesn't fear prayerless religion. He laughs at our toils. He mocks at our wisdom. But he trembles when we pray. The devil is not afraid if you say, well, I've worked in ministry for many years. I've done many great things for God. He doesn't care a bit about that. 
He doesn't care if the church says, we have this many people coming every Sunday, and we've got this ministry, and we've got that, we do all that. What he does care about is when the church engages in the spirit of prayer together. Now, we know that prayer is important. We know that prayer is essential to spiritual growth, spiritual vitality, spiritual life. And if it's that important, we know there's going to be some obstacles some things that are going to try to get in the way to hinder us from praying. I'm not asking for hands, but how many of you have ever experienced some obstacles when it came to praying? One of the first obstacles we find is this. Prayer takes time. Prayer takes time. And in our fast-paced world that we live in today, here's what we say. I don't have time to pray. But it has been said often that life is too busy to not pray. You and I have to take the time to pray. It's just a priority that must be in our lives. It won't just happen. It's not like osmosis where you just kind of walk in and it just becomes a part of who you are. It's not like we have a church service and you go, this year I'm going to be a person of prayer. Prayer takes time and effort in our lives. The second obstacle we find is that prayer takes privacy. The passage in Luke 5 and 16, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. What does that mean? Not that Jesus felt alone. There wasn't anybody else there. There wasn't, there wasn't a cell phone. There wasn't Facebook. You know one of the things often I get tired of is 3 o'clock in the morning my phone goes beep. And somebody's posted something somewhere. I'm like, I got woke up because you put what you're doing at 3 o'clock in the morning. Listen, if it's 3 o'clock in the morning, I don't care unless you're dying. I don't care what it is at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm sleeping. And, and if it's not your phone, then it's your iPad. Always giving you a notification. And if it's not your iPhone and, and your iPad, it's your, your iWatch. And you're getting a notification at 3 o'clock in the morning. You're getting into prayer. And about time, oh, Lord, I love you. Beep. Lord, I just thank you for all you're doing in my life. And Facebook notices something. Puts it all up there. You can be by yourself, but still distracted. Prayer takes privacy. Prayer takes privacy. It has been said that we have to power down in order to power up. That's a good thing right there. I didn't say it. I'm just repeating it. That's a good thing. We got to power down. Listen, the world will not fall off its axis if you go to prayer and you turn your phone off. Facebook will make it for a few minutes without you engaged. Prayer takes privacy. Third thing, third obstacle we find, it, it really is an obstacle for us, is, is this. Prayer requires humility. Humility and the admonition that says, God, I need you. You see, our pride says, I've got this, God. I can handle this thing. Prayer declares, Lord, we've got to have you in this. The humility says, Lord, without your help, I'm not going to be able to make it through this day. The other obstacle we face is this. We want it instant. 
How many of y'all ever go to the drive-up at a restaurant and you're aggravated because you have to wait more than five minutes at the fast food restaurant? We want it instant, but prayer is not always instant. Sometimes, sometimes prayer is about alignment. It's about getting you and I in a line. You know, we're praying, God, fix it. God, straighten those people out. God, I need you to take care of this, and God, I need you to take care of them. And what God is saying, I just want to get you where you need to be. Fifth obstacle is this. Often we don't feel it. This is a big one right here. We don't feel it. You pray, and sometimes you don't feel anything. There's no lightning bolt, no clash of thunder. Sometimes you pray, and it feels like your prayers go up to the ceiling and fall right back to the floor. I want to declare to you today, there's not a time you pray that God isn't listening There's not a time your prayers aren't getting to the throne room of heaven. God is always listening when his people pray. Sixth obstacle is this. And I would say probably most people I know relate to this one. We don't feel like we're very good at it. I've never heard anybody, I've never seen anybody come in and go, man, I'm the best prayer in the whole world. (laughs) There's nobody who prays like, in fact, I'm going to write a book. And the title's going to be, I'm the best prayer in the world. (laughs) Nobody does that. Most people you come across with, they don't feel like they're very good at it. But I would submit to you this. Prayer is like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. The more you do it, the more you're going to feel. The more you do it, the more you're going to learn. The more you do it, you're going to find yourselves walking in prayer in a way you've never done before. Listen, it doesn't happen overnight, but it will come. Sometimes we think, wow, we had a service day at church the first Sunday in 2020, and I made the terms how I'm going to pray, and man, it's going to be unbelievable. And Monday comes and you pray, and Tuesday comes and you're like, I don't feel like praying today. It will not happen overnight. Again, we're looking for this instant thing. Listen, sometimes you just got to sit down and press through and say, you know what, God, I'm here to meet with you. How many of y'all know you don't do anything else in life, or most things, I would say, by your feelings? You know, many of you have had some days off during the holidays. Guess what? Monday's coming. We all going back to work. We all getting back in the normal routine. Nobody, nobody is like, man, I can't wait to go back to work tomorrow. I can't wait for the clock to go off at 4 in the morning or 5 in the morning or some of you 2 in the morning. Nobody ever says, I can't wait for that to happen. They're like, oh, Lord, one more day off, please. But you know what you do? You get up and you go to work anyways, don't you? I would submit to you today, friends, we've got to just walk through prayer. A couple things that will help you during these 21 days. First thing is this. We're going to be using some some areas to help you focus on prayer. We're going to be giving you some topics and some things to walk through. And you'll be able to find them this week uh, through text that we'll be sending. You'll be able to find them on Facebook. We're going to give you some prayer topics to help us walk together. Now listen, when you get that prayer topic, 
uh, through this 21 days of prayer. If, you, if God's laid something else on your heart, that doesn't mean that's the only thing you can pray about because we sent it. What we're giving you is just some guidance, some ways to help you and I engaging in prayer together. Number two, I want to encourage you, set aside some time. Set aside some time. If you've not been praying, okay, a lot of people think, well, Lord, I've got to pray for an hour. Listen, if you've not been engaged in prayer, this is not about a burden to bear. This is about a relationship with the king. And so, listen, don't, the first thing I want to encourage, don't make this thing, this is a big deal, but don't make a big deal out of it. You know, some people say, well, oh, I went down to pray and, Man, I prayed for everything I knew to pray for, and I looked at my watch, and I've been there five minutes. And I thought, what else do I pray for? I don't know anything. And then we start, oh, such a worm as I. I'm no good. I can't pray. You know, I'm not as spiritual as other people. And this one, how will I make it 21 days? Listen, if you, if you pray five minutes and you get done and you're like, man, I feel good. I prayed about everything, then go. This is not about a yoke. It's about a relationship. So don't let it become that. Don't let it become that. One of the other things you can do is when you pray is walk. Now all of us who's ever tried to engage in praying knows this. Sleep is the enemy of prayer. How many times, you don't have to raise your hand, I will tell you I've done this, you've knelt down and you think I'm going to pray and all of a sudden you wake up. You're like, I don't even remember falling asleep. Yeah, you're there and you got, you know, you've been drooling while you're sleeping. And, and you're just wiped out and you're like, oh, Lord, this is not going to work. Listen, don't, don't sweat it. One of the things you can do, one of the blessings I have experienced in my life is walking and praying. I told you when I walk the trails, a lot of times I just like to get outside and walk and pray. Listen, you can pray when you're in the car. There's not a place that, that comes that says you can't pray there. I can pray anywhere because where he is, I, man, right there beside me. You can pray anywhere. But one of the enemies, we find the disciples experienced it. Jesus is at his most instrumental time. He's there in the Garden of Gethsemane praying right for his crucifixion. And what's happening? He's got these disciples, and they've been with him all these years. And what's happening? They are falling asleep. So Jesus walks over and says, what's wrong with you? Can't you pray with me? Oh, oh, sorry, Jesus, we, we do love you. And he walks back. They're sound asleep again. Listen, if you struggle with that, just get up and do something. Get them walk. You know, I heard somebody say one time, every time they got down to pray and they started to pray, it seemed like the enemy would bring all these things into their mind to distract them. You know what they said? They said they took a notepad. And whenever the enemy would say, oh, you got to do this, they'd say, I'll just write down. And then you can forget it and go on. This is not hard. Don't make it hard. Just make it. Just be. The other thing you can do is you can pray out loud. Now, sometimes we, we may be in a place, you know, I talked to you. I said oh, I was you know, walking on the path and other people might think I'm crazy. If you're walking through the Walmart and you're praying out loud, oh, God, <laughs> save these infidel people in this place. God, save that woman over there. Look at how she is with her kids. God, save that woman. It might not be the best time to pray that way. 
You know, sometimes you're praying out loud. Sometimes you're going to pray on the inside. But I'll be honest with you. There's times when I'm praying silently. Or I'm praying, you know, in my spirit. I'm praying in my mind. And, uh, and, and, and it finds myself. That's when I fall asleep. There's something that happens when I begin to pray out loud. It keeps my mind engaged. It keeps my body engaged. It keeps me engaged in the process. See, we're praying. We're asking God to help us, like the disciples, to learn to pray more. I want to pray more. I want to know you more. Lord, I want to walk with you more. Teach me, Lord, to pray. You know, friends, if we're going to have a church, we might as well pray about having a church. If we're going to worship, we might as well pray about having the most powerful worship we can in his presence. If we're going to have sermons, let's pray over them. We're going to have sermons anyways. I don't know if you found that to be true, but every Sunday we have one. If we're going to have one, we might as well pray, God, speak to us today through your word. We might as well pray for greater things. Whatever we do as a church, we should pray over it. We started some time back starting service, asking God to move among us. And, and I'll be honest with you, Paul and I, in the beginning, we start talking about that. And, and your first thing is, well, will people think that's weird? Because, you know, we used to just, you know, the countdown, five, four, three, two, one, bam, the music started, and we all kind of came in, let's worship the Lord. And now it's going five, four, three, two, one, and somebody's walking to the pulpit and going, Okay, y'all, we're here this morning, and we're going to pray now. And we thought, how will that be? Why should that be weird? Why should that be weird that we would say, we're going to start the prayer? We want God to have his way here today. And God, we're starting. You know, God, our mind has been everywhere this morning. The kids are running late. The breakfast didn't work right. This didn't work. And we're hectically getting here. Man, we need to stop and go, God, Whew, we need you today. God, more than anything, God, this is your day. We're here. We want to experience everything you have for us. So we might as well pray. Prayer is the best thing we have going for us. It's a powerful arsenal at our disposal. How many of you today would join me in this prayer? I want my prayer life to grow and be better. How many of you would lift a hand and say, that's me? I want my prayer life to grow more. I want to grow more in him. Amen. Amen. There's power that comes when the church prays in unity. If that's your prayer this morning, what we're going to do, and, and I'm you, next week we're going to launch into a little more on the facts on fasting. You, you're going to have this. I encourage you, take this home and begin to digest it, begin to take some steps uh, listen, there is no right, no wrong. Just start taking some steps this week. Next Sunday, I'm going to be sharing uh, a few more facts about fasting. But I felt like I can't talk to you about fasting if we don't make some headway in this area of prayer. Would you stand with me this morning? Here's how I'd like to close our time together because I know this. God hears us when we pray. Others may not take you seriously when you pray, but God always takes you seriously when you pray. And so this morning, if you raise your hand, maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you say today, along with, with me, I, I'm the first one to say this, this is me for 2020. I probably, I'll be honest with you, 
I probably want this more for my life in 2020 than I want anything else for my life. God has been talking to me for quite some time. And I see this as a new season, and I see this as a new opportunity. But if your prayer and your desire, you say, I want to grow, and I want to become better. Maybe your prayer today is, I want to start praying. Maybe you have been praying. You say, I just want to learn more about prayer and grow with him in prayer more. If that's you, friend, would you make, make your way out from where you're at and come and stand around the front? And, and this is nothing wrong. I'm not going to call you out if you're visiting today and you say, man, what's he doing? I'm just asking for you to come forward, and we're just kind of in unity. We're coming together. We're coming together, and we're saying, God, this is what I want you to do in my life. God, this is, this is an area of my life. God, that I really, this is not a, a New Year's resolution because it's not about just a decision I make. I need God's help. Amen? Jeremiah 33 and verse 3, he says these words, Call to me and I will answer you. Call to me and I will answer you. Just come in as close as, as you can. If, if you're stuck in the aisleway and you want to move into some of the rows to get closer, feel free to do so, friends. We're just coming together. We're saying, Lord, I need you. Lord, this resounds with my life. Maybe today you're saying, you know what? I've often heard about prayer, but when it came to prayer, I didn't feel like I was good enough. I never thought I'd ever get it down. And maybe you have lived the majority of your Christian life in defeat in this area. Friend, I want to tell you, that's, that's not what God has for you. It's, it's not about works. It's about just learning to walk in a relationship with Him. And so as a church, we're going to do that together this year. And I believe with all of my heart that when we come to the end of the year, we're all going to have learned this year. We're going to have picked up some things, and we're going to be starting some new journeys this year. It's going to be incredible. Jeremiah 33, call to me and I will answer you. If I'm struggling, I want to learn more prayer. The best place I can start is saying, Lord, I need you to help me. Just tell him. Tell him what you need and what you want. Maybe for some of you, Lord, I don't want to feel like a failure anymore in this area. Tired of never feeling enough. God, I want to change this year. God, teach me. Help me. Maybe you're like the disciples. Lord, we've seen you do a lot of great things. But I pray you'll teach me to pray. If that's your prayer, listen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead out in prayer, but I can't pray for you. Just tell him what's on your heart. That's the best place to begin. This, this is our first prayer as a church in 2020 as we join together. Why don't you just talk to him as I lead in prayer, okay? Dear Father God, today... We just come to you, and as a church, we've walked down to the front of this church, and for those who aren't able to walk forward, Lord, they're sitting in a seat today, but their heart is, is here on the front with us. Father, we, we've all experienced triumphs, and we've all experienced some failures in this area we call prayer. And God, some of us today, we have felt like a failure 
for the majority of our Christian walk in this area of prayer. And God, that is not what you have for us. I pray today for the spirit of never enough. I curse that in the name of Jesus. I speak today that curse, that, is, that those words that have kept you paralyzed and never able to start praying. I curse them in the name of Jesus and take authority over them. I speak freedom for you. I speak clarity of mind over you today. Lord, you, you know. You know the days we've knelt down to pray and we've fallen asleep. You know the days we've forgotten. You know the days we've tried it. It just didn't seem to work out. And Lord, so many are discouraged and confused today about prayer. I pray in the name of Jesus, you break all that in Jesus' name. And God, I'm believing you today. I'm believing you today, God, that men and women, there's going to be a change of heart. There's going to be a change of mind. There's going to be a change in our life. And in the name of Jesus, I declare a change in our church. I pray my house, Jesus, you said, will be called a house of prayer. God, I pray you'll forgive us. Because this has not been the house of prayer it should be. So I'm praying, God, you'll awaken us. Awaken a spirit of prayer. God, help me to lead. Help me to lead in a greater way in prayer. Help me to be a praying pastor. Help me, God, to be a praying husband and father and friend. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray you'll just help us. Jesus, along with the disciples, we say, Lord, teach us to pray. Help us to begin. Lord, I see on the horizon some really incredible things. I see some incredible change coming. I see some transformations going to happen in our lives and in our church and our community we began to pray. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, you'll just begin to speak to our hearts about this area of fasting. And Lord, next week as we walk through that together, Lord, I just pray, God, that you begin to speak to our hearts about coupling fasting with our prayer. Lord, it's not about a burden to bear. It's about a breakthrough in our lives, in our church. So, Lord, we just right now, we give this year to you. As a church and as individuals, we give this year to you. For you to do the incredible, for you to do the impossible, for you to speak things to us and do a work through us like we've never seen before. Father, by faith, I declare this to be our greatest year ever. That we're going to come out of this year as spiritually healthy believers, authentic believers in Jesus' name. Lord, I'm believing you for it. I believe you're going to do it, and I believe the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name, and all the church said together, amen. 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 With a God like ours, how can we lose? We've got a great God and a great God who has great plans.
Jeremiah 20, 11, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Great plans for our life. I want to speak blessing over you. I did not have this plan. I just feel prompted in my heart. I want to do this. My heart is filled with such joy today for you. I declare over your life today, 2020 is going to be your greatest season in God you've ever had before. I declare over you in 2020, you're going to have spiritual ears and you're going to hear the voice of God speak into your life in ways you've never heard him speak before. I declare 2020 will be a year where you're going to leave baggage behind and you're going to walk forward in newness of life in Jesus Christ. I declare the spirit of discouragement, the spirit of depression, the spirit of never enough is going to fall off and God is going to give you a garment of praise in the spirit of heaviness. In the name of Jesus, I declare today over you, strongholds are going to be broken. You're going to find new life in Him, new joy. Oh, this is going to be a season of joy in your life. I declare His joy, His joy. He said in John 17 that my joy will be in you and your joy will be complete. This will be a season of joy, joy in your life, joy in your home, joy in your mind in your life. I declare his blessing over you that whatever you do, he will cause it to prosper. I declare over you today, this is going to be your greatest season you've ever known in Jesus. Father, I declare these things by faith. I declare these things according to your word. I declare them over the lives of these people. God, and I pray you will cause it to be fulfilled, and God, you will cause it to prosper in their lives. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. Now, listen, this morning when you leave, there's going to be people you do not want to leave without one of these. Uh, there's a lot of good, solid information in here on praying and fasting. The back of it has a Daniel fast. There's a lot of explanation. Listen, we're going to be going into a lot of these details next weekend. And so this week, maybe maybe you're just going to start. You say, you know what? I don't have all the answers. I'm just going to start something. So I just want to encourage you, jump in. The water's fine. <laughs> jump in. We're going to learn together. We're going to walk together. We're going to see God do some great things. So don't forget to get these. You can expect tomorrow through those notifications I talked about earlier. We're going to try to schedule it when you're not praying. Lord, help us. We're going to be sending out some texts, putting some things on Facebook. It's going to give you a prayer guide every day for the next 21 days, a prayer guide to give you direction so that we can pray together as a congregation. We love you. We thank God for you. If, you, if, if you're not getting a text from us and you think we have your number, please let us know. As Cold was talking about earlier, let us know because we're sending them out thinking you're getting them and getting blessed and and you may not be getting anything. If you're not getting something from us and you have a cell phone, let us know. That way we can add you in the list. And this will also be on Facebook uh, for all of you who are on Facebook a lot. So, Yes, we will not send it at 3 in the morning. We will not. <laughs> God bless you all. We love you. Have a great day. May the joy of the Lord always be your strength. God bless.